The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another exciting episode of Negotiate Anything. Negotiate Anything is produced by the American Negotiation Institute, and with over 3 million downloads and listeners in over 180 countries, listeners just like you have made this the number one negotiation podcast in the world. I'm Kwame Christian, and I'm the director of the American Negotiation Institute. We're growing, and I want to introduce you to our new team members and new trainers. This will help to give you new, diverse perspectives on negotiation and conflict resolution. That's why I'm excited to let you know that Shane Martin, our head of sales and partnerships, is going to serve as co-host of the show from time to time. We are passionate about providing you with the best content that will help to make your difficult conversations easier, both at work and at home. Lastly, before we get into the episode, I want to remind you that our team conducts negotiation and conflict resolution trainings in the United States and abroad. Our trainings will give you the practical skills you need to resolve conflict, negotiate, lead, and persuade with confidence. Click the link in the description below to learn how we can help to make your difficult conversations easier. And now, let's get to the show. Cassandra. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. I appreciate you. Yeah, it, it is a pleasure to have you, my friend. I've been seeing you all over the interwebs, and so it is a, an honor to finally get you on the podcast. So how about you give uh, the audience a little bit of a rundown of who you are and what you do? Sure. So my name is Cassandra Worthy, and uh, I will say that I geek out on you as well, Kwame. So I'm halfway stalking you as you stalk me. <laughs> so it really is an honor and pleasure to be on this platform and with you and all of your listeners. Uh, but yeah, my name is Cassandra Worthy. I own a training and consulting firm called Change Enthusiasm Global, and I work with leaders and organizations all around the world to harness the power of emotion to fuel growth through any change and any disruption. It's work that I've been doing for about four or five years now. Um, I spent about 15 years working in corporate America, leveraging my degree in chemical engineering, uh, and decided that I wanted to branch out and do something a little bit different, uh, leveraging my gifts and talents, and that brought me into the work that I do today. Oh, that is great. And you have a book by the same title, right? I do indeed. Change Enthusiasm, How to Harness the Power of Emotion for Leadership and Success that just came out last fall. Super excited about it. Kudos. Well, everybody, we're going to have links to everything, the book, Cassandra's website, how you could work with her. Everything is going to be um, in the links in the description below. And I'm, dare I say, enthusiastic, Cassandra, <laughs> about this, this uh, episode, because we're talking about change management. And I really like the way that you phrase it, change enthusiasm. And uh, like I said before, this is going to be uh, part coaching, part therapy for us, because we're, we're growing a lot here at A&I. And um, change management is one of the things that we're, we're working on, too. So this is great. And so for the listeners, here's a bit of a roadmap. The top three things that we're going to focus on today. First, we're going to talk about the power of expressing emotion in these, in these difficult situations where we're trying to manage change. And then really be digging deeply into the concept of change enthusiasm. And lastly, talking about the power of empathy and how important it is in this process. So now, emotions as it relates to the changes that we're having in our organization. Many people might say, hey, people just need to get on board. We create the structure, everything is efficient, just get on board or get off board. But 
we want to focus on the emotion. So why is it so important for us to do that? Yeah, it's so dangerous uh, to either ignore or not uh, invite employees the opportunity to emote uh, and not openly acknowledge and talk about the emotional landscape of an organization. Um, and I've experienced this firsthand. You know, like I said, I spent 15 years working in more traditional roles of corporate and that career was riddled with a lot of change, notably acquisitions. So I've been that leader, you know, going through and leading through change, feeling the emotions, feeling the fear, feeling the anxiety, not knowing if I'm going to have the job the next day, feeling that same emotional energy in my teams as well, and seeing my senior and executive leadership not really acknowledging that emotional turmoil. And what can happen is, you know, I, I say, and, and I, and I uh, mirror Peter McWilliams, who said that emotion is energy in motion. It's energy in motion. And as a chemical engineer, I always think about that, that concept of our emotion being this energy. And, and with that energy, we can either suppress it, we can transfer it, or we can transform it. And when we ignore the very real emotions of our employees and our workforce, then that energy is gonna become counterproductive. Either it's gonna get suppressed and people are gonna bottle it in and then maybe exploding and, and sharing that emotion with people who don't necessarily deserve it, or even just leaving the company thinking that the grass is greener somewhere else, or just venting and really just in that downward spiral on how terrible things are when they're just transforming, transferring the energy, not transforming the signature of the energy. But through transformation, when we transform that energy, we can change the signature and create it into fuel. And when we acknowledge the emotion, we give people the permission to begin that transformation through the power of choice. And anxiety for a given change can get transformed into anticipation of everything that they'll learn, how the business will grow, and how me as an individual going through the change will grow as a result of that. So yeah, emotion is a very powerful entity. I say that it's a, a tool, a resource that's in infinite supply, and we need to learn to acknowledge it and use it. Use it for our betterment and our growth. Well, for keynote, this was incredible. This was so good. <laughs> I, I was just, it, was, it was one of those situations where I, uh, I kind of sat back and I said, I, I forgot I was doing a podcast. So I became a listener <laughs> for a little bit. This was really good because, because, like I said, I'm sitting here processing this selfishly, of course, through the filter of what, what I need to do as a leader as we're going through this change. And um, sure. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of unforced errors. So I appreciate this. And my will listen to this and say, my goodness, Cassandra, thank you. Um, so this is great. <laughs> and and I, I, I really love this, this perspective of actually using an emotion and thinking about it in terms of energy, because a lot of times we think about emotion as a problem. How do we get rid of it? How do we circumvent it? How do we you know, quiet it down or ignore it. But then that leads to invalidation of the way that people are feeling. And if people don't feel validated, then that causes other issues. Yeah, it's it's so important. And, you know, so often when I hear leaders in the nature of my work, like I talk about, I help you face the emotions of change head on. Emotion and emotional energy is a lot of my marketing, right? What I'm bringing to organizations. And I meet with so many different C-suite level executives that think, why are we talking about emotion? Emotion needs to be left at the door of business. But I say when you leave emotion at the door of business, you are leaving humanity at the door of business. We are vibrant emotional beings. And for that organization that wants to nurture authenticity, that wants to nurture a really inclusive culture, if you're not allowing people to be their full emotional beings and their full selves, leaving emotions at the door, how can they be their full, genuine, authentic self when you do that? 
So I think the other watch out is you're not truly creating an inclusive culture if you can't create that psychologically safe space where employees feel like they can show up, be the best of themselves, be their full selves, and all the emotions that come with it. And of course, provide the resources and the tools and the space for them to emote in productive ways. And that's what we're striving to do in Change Enthusiasm Global and with this mindset and the strategies of Change Enthusiasm. Oh, this is great. This is great. And now let's say somebody says, well, Cassandra, you have changed my perspective. And now they're saying, well, how do I do it? Because there is the company level, the company as an it should be doing this. So the company should do it. But then we have individual leaders who are listening to this podcast. And so they're saying, how should I do it? So can you kind of break down the distinction between increasing our emotional awareness and acuity and, and um, compassion as it relates to emotionality from the company level and how it changes on the individual level? Sure. And let me do that by really introducing what change enthusiasm is and talk about yeah. it as, as the growth mindset that it is, right? So, all, so often when we're going through major change and disruption, we are told we need to have a growth mindset. You need to think about this in terms of growth, seeing change as opportunity, but seldomly are we given the roadmap to actually do that. How do you practice a growth mindset? What does that look like? Well, that's what I'm striving to give in Change Enthusiasm. It's a three-step process. It's a mental practice. Uh, three steps are called the signal, the opportunity, and the choice. And the signal is all about the recognition and acknowledgement of what I call the signal emotions of change. And in all my work with clients all around the world, as well as my own personal uh, journey in corporate America, those five signal emotions are fear, frustration, anger, anxiety, and grief or loss. And when those emotional energies exist, they're signaling us into our greatest moments of opportunity to grow, to learn, to evolve to become better today than we were yesterday. And once you've accepted that invitation, that's when you move into the second step, the opportunity. And you're trying to understand based on the, the where I wanna grow, where I wanna take my career, what I can potentially learn, how can I milk this opportunity I've been welcomed into for all it's worth? What are the options that I have right now today from where I sit? And then that final uh, step, the choice, is where all the magic happens. It's through the power of choice that we do that transformation of that energetic fuel, right? Transforming anxiety into anticipation. Really searching for those little choices that are going to reach us to that next best feeling. And it's not about moving all the way from anxiety to anticipation with just one choice. It's about making those small choices throughout our day that leads to that next best feeling, that next best feeling, and really helping us feel more empowered and better in our work and ultimately leading to a better result. Yeah, so it's very much so an individual practice when you're embracing change enthusiasm. Now, if you think about how that relates to the macroscopic, so at the organizational level, when you have individuals practicing change enthusiasm, they're becoming self-actualized for their own growth. I'm recognizing that I'm in this moment of opportunity. I'm feeling these signal emotions. So I'm gonna look for ways to grow, not only to grow the business, but to grow myself as a leader, as an innovator, and as an individual contributor. I'm gonna look for ways to do that. And when you have employees all throughout your organization looking for that level of growth, you're gonna feel that vibration around the walls, right? And, and around the organization. And you're gonna find your organization becoming more and more agile and quicker to adopt to change initiatives and seeing the growth of themselves and in turn, the growth of your business. So it, for me, it always starts at the individual level. It starts with hearts and minds. 
practicing this mindset. The byproduct is a change-ready, more agile organization at the macroscopic level. Does your company invest in professional development training? If you believe that your team would benefit from a negotiation workshop, all you need to do is go to our website, fill out the workshop request form, and then we'll set up a time to chat. These workshops are completely customizable and we've done them all around the country. Negotiation and conflict resolution skills are beneficial across all professions, but they're especially useful in procurement, purchasing, sales, sourcing, and contract management. Our calendar is filling up quickly and we even have some workshops scheduled for next year. If you think you might want one, I'd suggest reaching out soon so you don't miss out. Check out the link in the description to learn more. And now, back to the show. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. From the minds of visionaries to the desks of disruptors, I'm Lars Schmidt, host of the Redefining Work podcast. Join me each week as we explore the new world of work through the lens of those shaping it. CEOs, HR leaders, investors, and more. Be a part of the conversation that changes everything. Subscribe to Redefining Work today. Oh, this is great. This is great. And, you know, to that point about the signal, paying attention to those, uh, those emotional challenges um, or experiences that people are having, um, one of the things that you mentioned was grief. And I don't think that is fully appreciated uh, can you go deeper on the the reality of grief in the change yeah. process? Yeah, grief is real. I mean, often we think about someone who's grieving because of a significant loss, whether that be, you know, death, whether that be some other type of loss in their personal life. But when we are losing a manager and getting a new manager, when we're getting put into a new function or a new organization that we didn't ask for, we grieve for that thing that we once knew. We grieve for that level of comfort that we knew, for that level of being the expert, the go-to person, and now getting put in something that I'm not familiar with, that's new to me, this dude I've never worked with before, and I'm, I'm, I, I'm grieving <laughs> what I used to know in that level of discomfort. So that emotion is very, very real as you think about you know, the, professional, the professional world, and it's something that needs to get acknowledged. And for me, it's a very, very real signal emotion. You know, if I think about my own personal journey and these acquisitions, I, the level of grief that I felt when I left Procter & Gamble because I was a part of the Duracell business that got acquired, I grieved P&G, I grieved a corporate culture that I had come to love, I grieved the loss of a dream that I had retiring with Procter & Gamble, and it was devastating. It was devastating. Uh, but in that moment, as a practicing change enthusiast, I could give myself some grace recognizing and acknowledging that grief and then welcoming it as an invitation and an opportunity for me to grow, to learn in some way, being a part of a huge multi-billion dollar acquisition as a mid-level executive and being able to lead through that. Not too many people get the opportunity to do something like that. Um, but yeah, the grief is very real and it needs to get acknowledged. Absolutely. And I, I like that we're focusing on the mindset because if we get the right mindset in place that everything kind of flows organically from that position. 
And yeah. now, one of the things we like to focus on here is about the difficult conversations, the persuasion, that, that strategy here. So let's say somebody said, listens to this episode and they say, wow, I'm bought in. Cassandra, you got me. All right, so change enthusiasm, this is the way we're going to do it. Now I have to go to the people on my team and persuade them to change their approach because they were not considering emotion. They were just thinking about efficiency and the bottom line, and that's it. And so before, when I've introduced the concept of just being slightly aware or compassionate about people's uh, perspectives, it was shut down quickly. So if you're, if you, if for people in the audience find themselves in that position, how would you coach them through having that persuasive, difficult conversation? Yeah, for sure. Um, do it. <laughs> The first thing that I'll say is do not let yourself off the hook and do it because it's so important. And when you can create these authentic connections, the level of engagement in your workforce can just shoot for the, through the roof. And I have found there are a couple different tools that are so helpful when you're engaging in these more difficult conversations that can be ripe with these more difficult emotions. One is a show of confident vulnerability especially as a leader. And that vulnerability looks like sharing that you might have felt or maybe feeling some of these signal emotions. And I call it confident vulnerability because despite the fact that you might be also having a tough time, you might be feeling some fear, some anxiety about what's ahead, you are still grounded in trust that the vision, where you all are going in this change initiative, makes perfect sense. And you're bought into that. And you know if you can get through this together as a team, you're gonna be better. The organization's gonna be better and you're gonna be stronger because of it. So offering that level of confident vulnerability can create this conduit, like this opening and an invitation for others on your team to begin letting that emotional energy flow, right? Where sometimes folks don't want to share the difficult emotions, always wanna put on a strong face that everything's fine and even the danger of blind positivity. When you can share your own vulnerability, you can start allowing that emotional energy to flow and they'll know, okay, I'm not alone. I'm not alone in feeling this and that's okay. And that's okay. And then the supplement to that is this all powerful tool of empathy. Uh, empathy for me, something that I get guided by through the words of Brene Brown, is about listening. It's about simply holding space and conveying that message that you are not alone. You are not alone. So after you share a bit of confident vulnerability, perhaps invite others to emote as well. Talk about how they're managing the change. What challenges are they experiencing? Are they experiencing any of these signal emotions? What are the thoughts bringing their awareness into those emotions? And then listen. Simply listen. And then after they emote, after they share, ask that question, what can I do to support you? We are in this together. I am here to support you walking side by side. We're in this boat together. How can I support you in this journey so that we can reach this better, so that we can reach the success of this change initiative? Oh, this is great. This is really great. And I love the fact that we're being proactive. And so it's, people might listen to this and say, okay, uh, pay attention to the signals, understand the opportunity, give people a choice. But listen, if they are not coming to me with problems, Cassandra, I am not going to ask. Okay, but now we're getting it. <laughs> we, we, have to, we actually have to take that first step with, and I love this term, confident vulnerability, and get a little bit of, you show your cards a little bit in a way that doesn't put you in a damaging position. It helps right. people to feel safe enough to share on their end. 
Yes, and it shows that you're human. It actually allows you to show a bit of authenticity as well, right? Uh, so often as leaders, and I see it so often with folks leading and influencing change, we like to step into a situation acting like we have all the answers, we know everything. Oh, there's a danger in that because you don't. You don't, you can't know everything. And when you can share that bit of confident vulnerability, again, it really provides this authentic, genuine connection and gives people the permission to talk about the really real that they're experiencing. And then you can have real conversation and grow together moving forward. Yeah. Let's dig deeper into that reality that we don't know everything because this is a, something that I've seen in every difficult conversation. So this expands beyond change management, just any difficult conversation. We might be in a negotiation, we might be giving feedback, whatever it happens to be. At some point, we get to a point where somebody might ask us a question, we don't fully understand the answer. But at the same time, we don't feel comfortable or confident in admitting the fact that we don't know the answer. So yeah. let's just talk a little bit about that. So from your perspective, why is it so important for us to be willing to admit when we don't know? Yeah, because it shows our humanity, because it shows that we are human, that we know we don't have all of the answers. And that kind of puts us um, at that same level, right? At the same level, we are all human. We're all in this boat together. So there's a bit of relatability that happens when, when, that, when that goes. Um, and the other thing is, honestly, I think it's showing integrity as well. Um, when you find yourself in that place of always wanting to have the answers and maybe saying things off the cuff that you're not particularly certain in, um, it can be a danger because then you might start miscommunicating information and then you start to lose that thing that's so important when you're trying to guide and lead through change, trust. You know, it, it, we can't afford to lose trust in our employees and our teams and our workforces when we're leading and influencing through change. Trust is so important uh, when you're doing that. And so expressing, you know what, I appreciate you asking that question. In this moment, I don't have the answer to that, but I'm going to do my best to find the answer and follow up with you. Trust that I'll do that. Um, and so you're beginning to build your integrity, nurturing that trust in your workforce and your employees, and also expressing and showing your humanity and your authenticity as well. So for me, it's nothing but good that, that can come from that. Um, and again, it's always this, that there's an air of confidence in that, right? I know that I don't know the answer to that question, but I also know that I'm going to find it out. I'm going to find it out as best I can and follow up with you when I do. This is great. And what I've recognized too is that during these difficult conversations in general, when I do that, it shows people that they can do that as well. So they don't yes. feel obligated to, you know, make things up <laughs> or skirt yes. around the truth or whatever it is. They feel safer. And now yeah. leaders who are listening to this um, or just people with egos in general, they might say, Cassandra. <laughs> so people, I just say people. <laughs> yeah, humans. Many of yeah, my listeners humans. are humans. <laughs> and uh, they might say, how do I do this without losing face, losing credibility, or jeopardizing my apparent authority in this situation? Mm. Mm. Uh, again, it's that confident vulnerability. It's that sharing when you know that you don't know, and then the follow-up, 
when you do have the information. And often, like when I was, you know, mid-level executive leading um, acquisitions, there are times when I honestly did not have the information or I had the information and for, for legal standpoint, I couldn't share it with, with my workforce, with my organization. And so I would share, this is what I know and what I can share, reiterate that, and then let them know when I have this knowledge or when I am at liberty to share it, you will be the first to know. You will be the first to know. Yeah, and you know, often, especially when we're going through change, that communication, right? That communication loop in your one-on-ones with your direct reports, as well as just as an organization, the frequency, the drumbeat of your communication strategy is clutch, is clutch to keep people informed. Um, and I write about in the book how there is power in communicating even if there's no new news. <laughs> at mm. least they know that it's still being worked. You're still present. You'll still, still here to offer any, any answers to questions that they might have. So that communication is on a regular drumbeat. They know that things are working, things are moving, and that you're available to support them as well. Oh, this is great. And one thing that I, I want to get your thoughts on this too, because you should come into these conversations prepared. And I know the listeners have gotten tired of hearing this and they probably don't want me to say it again, but I'm going to say it again. <laughs> it's, my, it's your podcast. My podcast. It's, my, it's my podcast. So if you haven't downloaded all of the free guides from our website, AmericanNegotiationInstitute.com slash guide, you can get a free guide that can help you prepare for your most difficult conversation. So check that out if you haven't yet. But what I'm realizing is if you are one of those savvy people who downloaded a guide and you actually went through it and you were adequately prepared for this conversation, Again, it's impossible to know everything that could possibly be discussed in this conversation. We understand that. But if people can see that you've taken the time to show them respect by being prepared on all other aspects of the conversation, then they're going to give you some leeway because they say, hey, no, Cassandra, I know she did her homework. And there was probably no way for her to know this because if there was, she would have known this. And it gives you a lot more uh, grace when it comes to being able to admit, hey, I don't know this, because you can be confident in that, in the simple fact that you know everything that you should know or could have possibly known going into the conversation. I love that. I'm gonna have to go download that guide. <laughs> Sounds That's like you right. got the good juicy <laughs> info in there. I love that. So true. Cannot agree more. This is great. I, I could talk to you forever, but for the sake of the podcast listeners, I try to adhere to this 30 minute rule. So, sure. but before you go, can you leave the listeners with one little last gem? And I would say this is the biggest mistake that you've seen people make. So what is the biggest mistake people can make and how do they avoid it? The biggest mistake is ignoring, suppressing, or not acknowledging the difficult emotions of change. And I'm very careful to not deem them negative. I don't see them as negative. I see them as gifts. They often signal us into our greatest opportunities to grow. So if you're in a situation now where you're feeling those emotions on almost a daily basis, you're being called. You're being signaled into an opportunity to take that power of choice, to choose how you become better, how you'll step into that opportunity and grow. Whether learning about yourself, your likes, your dislikes, learning about your peers, your colleagues, or your business, or your client base. You're in a moment of opportunity, and it's up to you to choose how you'll grow moving forward. And yeah, it's, uh, it's an exciting time. Exciting time. This is really great, Cassandra. But before you go, just remind the listeners again about you, your book, your company, and how they can get in touch with you. 
Cassandra Worthy, find me on LinkedIn, find me on Instagram, Facebook. I have a community of uh, 13,000 and growing. We are change enthusiasts. Uh, also my company, Change Enthusiasm Global. Any information you wanna know, go to www.cassandraworthy.com. You can find information about the book at changeenthusiasmbook.com. But the best portal to get linked to everything, cassandraworthy.com. Thank you so much, really appreciate it. It's my pleasure and thank you to all the listeners and to you Kwame, keep doing what you do. Congratulations, you've just joined an elite club. By listening to a full episode, you're now officially on the Negotiate Anything team. So welcome aboard. What most team members do is they subscribe to the podcast because that allows them to automatically get the latest episodes of the show. The best things in life lie on the other side of difficult conversations. Keep learning, keep practicing, and keep getting better. Your relationships will improve, your career will soar, and you'll have the confidence you need to get the most out of these crucial conversations. Again, thank you for joining the team. We're excited to have you, and I will see you in the next episode. I'll catch you later.